Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Yeah. You know, let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. Sex, great sex. Now, you should know that's not my copy. That's what they wrote. But I do agree with it in principle. I think we can all use great sex. And sometimes a fella needs a little help there. And what's better than Blue Chew? I mean, you can now increase your performance, get the extra confidence in bed. Bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. And Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Danny, you yes. had a big meal. Yeah. It's totally cool. Well, because, you know, you go out to dinner with somebody and you're eating and you, maybe you're having like oysters or tacos um, or ravioli or raviolis. And so you're full. And now what am I going to do? I want to perform. Can I take it on a full stomach? I can. But Danny, do you ever worry that you're taking something that's not made in the USA? Constantly. But this, this let is me, USA. I'm to tell you, USA all the way. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor, wait in line. And it's even cheaper than a pharmacy. And they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. I know that that's a big thing for you. You're tired yeah. of getting. No, all of my, a, you know, all of my other weird ointments that come in and it's marked and it's like anal fissure cream uh-huh. and everybody sees it. This is discreet. It looks like you're getting a book. Oh, that's great. That's so you don't great. even have to leave the house. And right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluetooth.com. And get your first shipment free when you use our promo code, the special code Danny, D-A-N-N-Y. I'm so proud. My oh, name is I'm so code. jealous. Just pay five dollars in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Danny to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the doing it with Danny Zucker and Jenny Johnson podcast. Yes. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use promo code Danny at bluechew.com. D-O-I in apostrophe, I-T-W-I-T, H-D-A-N-N-Y, and J-E-N-N-Y. Doing it with Danny and Jenny. Doing it with Danny and Jenny. Doing it with Danny and Jenny. It's a revolution in podcast. I mean, this has been a long revolution. I, I, at a certain point, it just becomes like a, we become mired in a war. It's like Afghanistan or the Hundred Years' War.
What do you or think? Or storm at the Capitol. It's a revolution. It's a revolution. <laughs> they put mace in my eyes. Um, that was welcome great. to doing it with Danny Zucker and the great Jenny Johnson. Jenny Johnson. Hi. I mean, oh my God! To get applause, both of applause. Oh my God! It's not tops on. We have a great show. Uh, let's fucking get to it. You want to introduce our guest? I would Jenny? love to introduce our guest because you've seen him. You okay. don't know who our. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know who the fuck this Literally, guy is. We've been talking for 15 minutes before this, and <laughs> I forgot to say, oh, Danny, here, meet our guest. Well, first you got to introduce our guest, though. I will, because I love our next guest. He's a hilarious stand-up comic. He, You've seen him in The Heat. Uh, you've been in on Mad TV. Mm-hmm. You were just Vince McMahon on Young Rock. Is this correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting the intro? It's Going Adam, to be, yeah. It's Adam Ray. Everybody. American Vandal, too, by the way. Let's keep Oh, my American God. American Vandal. Vandal. We Good were talking show. about that. That was Good one of show. my favorite. Oh, Adam. yeah. That um, was. Thank you for mentioning that, Danny, because I, I did not it. want to forget that. I was and, so upset that I wasn't a writer on that show because oh, everyone. Too. I had oh, more you people crushed. texting going like, is this, are you a part of this? Dicks on cars, Jenny? This seems like. <laughs> You were in the poop, but you were, if I remember, you were in the poop, uh, the, uh, the, the poop season, right? I was in the second season where it was all poop, all the turd uh, burglar, the turd burglar, man. <laughs> that was great too. I mean, I, I really, I, so I love good. it. We had uh, Jimmy Tatro on uh, Modern Family for a little while. And I, I like, so I was like picking his brain about how that whole fucking thing worked. And, oh yeah. And yeah. It, it was, uh, that appreciate the intro. If you're also one of my mom's Jewish friends from Temple Beth Am, you might want to throw in also the Cowardly Lion in the sixth grade production of The Wizard of Oz at Lake Forest Park Elementary, which to my mom is my greatest performance of all time. What it was when I was a – what's you that? You lit up the stage. I mean – I lit up the stage. I also – like it, I was a – like we were just talking pre-show about guys, uh, your producer's weight loss. I was a big kid. How big? Well, it was the first time in the history of the Wizard of Oz story that the Cowardly Lion got to Oz and asked for cake instead of courage. Um, <laughs> I had tits when I was 10. And uh, that's and it was so fuck, fucked up is that, you know, when you first start stand up, you're trying to like pull from, you know, what you are, what you know, personal stuff. Right. Like I would just always hear like talk about you because right out of the gate, it'll help you find your point of view and your voice and all that. And I went to the Laugh Factory open mic. Um, so right when I graduated, uh, from college in LA in 2005, maybe two months after, and, uh, I was just kind of in and out. I was doing a lot of improv stuff too. And wasn't sure if I wanted to, I was one foot in one foot out with stand up and improv. And, uh, but I was just trying to like do it all and, uh, not yet committing fully to stand up. Like it requires, like we know now that you got to, you know, give yourself over to it to make any sort of progress. So I was like, well, I'll do open mics every now and then. And the laugh factory open mic was like, you know, you sign up at two 30 on a Tuesday. And you're going up eight months later on a Wednesday at 8 p.m. <laughs> so Jamie just fucking God bless you. But what the fuck? That system is just so jacked. Yeah. So I sign up and I go up and I do this joke about being the first a fat kid. And like, first of all, I open with a joke. Where I'm like, this feels like a lot like my Little League games because my dad's not here. And that would get <laughs> that would get not that it would get all groans and no laughter. And I was like, oh, no, that's a good joke. they're wrong. Yeah. People just, you know, feel maybe I don't know. Maybe, I, you know. And so <laughs> then. Uh, did you Go get ahead. that all response? That's yeah. My least and then I was all. like, and then I was like, they're not getting back together. It's fine. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> So then I go first one of the fourth. I was like, I was a fat kid. Didn't have all its uh, 
all the disadvantages. I was the first one in fourth grade to get a set of tits. And then I go, I charge my friend five <laughs> my five bucks to fill me up. I go, kick ants were cheap. I go and help my dad get out of parking tickets, you know. And uh and uh I get up there and Jamie would give you feedback, right? That was like the whole thing with the laugh factory. It was like the owner and uh and creator of the factory will give you immediate uh critique on your set. Wow. So I go upstairs, right? You're not allowed upstairs until you go up after the set, walk right up. And uh, he sits down, he goes, buddy, buddy, sit down, buddy, buddy. First of all, too much chest hair, too much chest hair. I don't know what that is. Are you Persian, Russian, Jewish, uh, don't Filipino? I don't know what you are, but you're here. It's whatever. You can't, you're up there swearing too much, buddy. You're up there. Look at me. Come fuck my tits. Come titty fuck. I go, well, I never said that. And he goes, yeah, you're up there. Let's being like, hey, look at my dad. He's he's gay and fuck my tits. You can wow. let my dad let my dad just doing classic Jamie where he butchers the whole conversation. And he just goes, your dad's like, fuck, come fuck my son's tits and give me a Kit Kat and I'll watch my son. Fuck. And you're like, I didn't say that. That was not the joke. <laughs> You may you're mixing how it up. How is that your takeaway? Like, <laughs> how is that your... what the fuck's wrong with you, man? And I'm not over exaggerating at all. By the way, I fully can actually see this conversation. I know you can. <laughs> yes, because you're a factory uh, uh, staple. And so I'm like, I'm like, all right, Jamie, I I, I appreciate the opportunity. He's like, but but you just it's too much. You need to be clean. You need to come back in in 20 years. And I'm like, what? No. He's like, come back in like eight months, which is also a long time. And I'm like, yeah. he's like, clean it up. And I was like. And so dejected. And yeah. um, anyway, but but uh, but I digress. That was though. Um, but it worked early out. On. And so <laughs> and so anyway, being a big kid during the Wizard of Oz, a lot of fun. American Vandal. That's what you guys were asking about. Yeah. Super fun show. Did you watch it or were you just a fan of the idea? No, I oh, watched no. every episode. I, I watched it more than once too. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I I, I I watched every episode. I I, I was uh, I was very much into it. I mean, Jenny and I are huge fans of. Uh, Jenny got me into the staircase and into those sort of like um, crime docu series. Yeah. yeah, and so the way that they applied that to the high school with the same gravitas of like <laughs> a murder was so fantastic. I just oh, yeah. It. Oh, and they had like the string, you know, like here, let's put this person's picture and then string to the next yeah. person. And it was like they kept it and they never broke. It was like they yeah. kept it like it was the most serious thing that had happened of all time. It's great. I mean, it was so good. Got in both seasons were, were fantastic. So the uh, the just the idea of like spoofing a crime doc is also very funny. And also one of those things, at least for me, seeing the first season, I was like, oh, yeah, how has this not been? And maybe it has just maybe not well because like they shot the shit out of it as far as like how beautiful it looked. Yeah, and then the idea of having the kids trying to solve it and that they're trying to do the whole documentary yeah. on it. It was just brilliant from top to bottom. But I knew uh, the the guy who directed it, he and I, you know, Adam Devine's a good buddy of mine. And when he started doing his stand up tours, I'd open for him and we go out and, and do the thing. And then he started doing this uh stand-up showcase show called Adam Devine's House Party. Yep. And his second season was in New Orleans. And so I had done the first season. He had to twist Comedy Central's arm to uh, to get me on because they were just like, we don't get it. We don't get what that guy's about. He's wearing flannels. He's got weird fucking, uh, you know, I don't know. Again, Jenny, we joked about what that is behind me in my stepdad's office. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask him. I don't know. I should have figured it out when I hotboxed this place sophomore year of college. <laughs> which he doesn't know about, by the way. And if he listens to your show, sorry, George, but also don't have a hot boxable office. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, that's not on you. Maybe that's what's wrong with those people behind you. Maybe you fucking hotbox them and they just started melting. Yeah, those were children before I started hotboxing and they just fucking um, melted. Yeah. So, but so we, uh, so the kid who directed American Vandal directed the uh, digital content for House Party season two because Adam was like, oh, it'd be cool. We're going to New Orleans. I was like, God damn, we didn't Van Eyes at a house for season one. Like, way to pick a cool city for the second season. We go down there and this kid, Tony Ascenda, and I were kind of just in charge to do we're going to do all these interviews with the comics and all this behind the scenes stuff. And eventually comedy central was like, just make a fucking trailer for the show. And we're like, all right. So we came over this idea, uh, had to really be sparing with how much we use Adam and got him to so funny, by the way, seeing comedy central pussyfooted around being like, he's just, we asked, he's not like he's shooting, he's producing, he's writing the whole show. It's you're gonna have to find a way to do it with Adam. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just go ask him because you guys, I guess can't get it done. So I'm like, Hey man, we came with this great idea. We're going to shoot this dope trailer. Like, can you give me like after one of the days, I'm going to do it in between lunch, like after one of the shoot days or nights, which after he's been going all day doing everything, I go, give me 30 minutes, dude. We'll go around Bourbon Street, get this shit with you. We'll get this. We'll get this. Laid it out. He was like, yeah, dude, I got you. And they were like, what? That? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were, he was going to get back to us. It just, we, <laughs> but it's great that you got him. So we knock it out, whatever. Tony directed that whole thing. Very guerrilla style. And then he's doing Vandal, and I'm like, yo, I, you gotta, and I see it for a season, I'm like, like you guys, obsessed. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. if you're doing another season, man, what do I gotta do? Who do I gotta suck? And he's <laughs> like, uh, he's like me, and I'm like, not doing it. Thanks for the offer. Yeah, you got a weird wiener. And so, uh, so I'm in, Adam and I were doing shows in Japan, um, uh, uh, USO uh, run, and he's like, hey man, there's this part of a cop but they want a guy like in his 50s or 60s, like an old husky gr- grizzled. He's like, but if you want to lay that down, that's all I can think of that you maybe could change a mind or whatever. And uh, so it did. And then and then he said another thing was like, now they want to see you just improvise a uh, a scene as a cop, which was just so fun. Like, yeah, there's not too many roles like that where you're like, I don't know, trying to be a serious but funny cop about certain. And I'm sure we all have cops we've known of or dare officers from back in the day or whoever where you're like oh that is who i'm using as my base for this person because of the way they talk or their stories or or um or whatnot but uh but so then then got it and then did it in oregon and and um and they just were i mean locked in and the kids were so good it's almost scary when you see kids that good at acting you're like oh man like you definitely have done some fucked up shit because i'm buying everything you say until you the camera stops and then you're just a weird kid you know what i'm saying i know but it's like i know <laughs> I, like i have I, you know my on my family the kids were about the same age as my kids and i was saying my kids are so fucking useless like look how good like you know what these kids are capable of my you know it's like they really it's like uh they really let me down my own children <laughs> how many kids do you have i have three they're old. So I have a twin, uh, a 22 year old. They're gonna be 23 in April. And I have a, um, a 19 year old at your rival, UCLA. Yikes. I know. It's a strong rival, too. Wait, are the twins girls or boys? They're girls. Um, not identical. One's really pretty. Um, <laughs> anyway. uh, uh, so funny having a comic dad, by the way. They're so oh, pumped, but so bummed at the same time. I hate it. Yeah, I'm but, sure, uh, it also I'm sure they like, uh, I have two parents and one's 
good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the one who says mean things, those mean things bought our pool. That's basically how he feels. Hilarious. Yeah. Wait, I have twin nieces and they're 11 and I just spent the weekend with them and we did like a Facebook live on Saturday and they're still very cute. They're yeah. That's cute. Are they identical or fraternal? Identical. Yeah. And yeah. they're, uh, um, you know, my brother-in-law, Tim, or by his rapper alias, Dirte, he's white. He's not Eminem. Google. Um, oh, is he really a rapper? Oh yeah. Oh, when I, when my sister told me, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, you can, go find a dentist or something. And she's like, no, I went to it. And she just was into those types of guys up in North Seattle. The, the tattooed up like rough and tumble, you know, drank some sunny D that was spiked with ecstasy from my sister type vibe. Uh, and my uh, works in the oil and gas industry. So also cool. <laughs> you also <win>. cool. <laughs> well, do I though? Do I go. though? The first show I went to, He's rapping about my sister. I didn't know to my buddies. Like, I think that's about her where he's like, and if you got and bow down to me and suck my dick, all the bitches in my life got to suck their dicks because that's what you do when you suck that fucking cock. You know, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember any of the lyrics, but it was I take it back. I'm happy with my brother-in-law. You're (laughs) so pumped on it. So I'm watching this and and then he's like, he's like, I think that's about your sis. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, and I'm like, Nah, it can't be, man. He's kind of probably had a life before before her. He's like, and it's all about Natalie, the bitch that I give to thee. And I'm like, oh. And then he's like, and then I'm like, ah, maybe there's another Natalie. He's like, and her brother Adam's in the back. Say what up, man? Put your hands in the air. You know? uh, but, but he has, uh, you know, he's filled the role. But pre him, my nieces, it was just my sis. So I'd come up a lot to try to be a, a dude influence as much as possible. Any tips on this stage and obviously pre probably social media, right? Like yeah. so they're, they're all about, we did a, a Facebook live and then all they want to do is do practice podcasts for the next two hours that started a lot of fights, went to the TV video games. Then we played heads up. Then we just chatted, which was crazy. What's that? Yeah. What's that? Couldn't hold them for that long until I was just like, we're not doing this and that activities. They love. We go to the pool imagination station i mean it's just like yeah. awesome that's the best what did they have phones or are they like oh yeah phone? they uh, got it but not but my sister just uh you know set down this like point system with chores and earning hours for electronics should have done that from the get-go but um you know with three kids and two of his on other weekends five sometimes Ooh. i get why you're just like here's an ipad move out you know what i'm saying <laughs> but for you dan like what well, I don't know, man. How do you do it? Any tips from here on out? No, I mean, honestly, I got lucky with my girl, with my, my, my kids were just really, they were, I mean, I got lucky. I think they were, they were pretty low impact. They were all pretty good kids. I don't, I, I, I think, um, I think the way to rebel against an asshole parent is to be good. And so I think that's what, they, <laughs> I think that's what they, I think that's what they did. And I have, um, I think it also helps like if uh, if you're not if you're not a person who's easily like we were we were pretty lenient in terms of like um 
I make sure they all have a good sense of humor. That's like yeah. the main thing. I love that. You get to like about, you get to that point at about 12 or 13 and everything embarrasses you. No matter, like just the idea of even having a parent is embarrassing. It's like, no, they're going to find out I have a dad. Yeah. But then, so the way I would deal with that is anytime we were in a public place, I would, I would start to sing happy birthday like like it very loudly even when it wasn't their birthday and like so they knew like that was what I was like ha I just do that one line ha and and uh and so they got kind of used to I and I uh I got them accustomed to being embarrassed and they are now very cool that's amazing so yeah. you raised them to like make you happy I raised them to be my audience <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's smart, though. I mean, I'm sure you probably for the shows, too, right? Like you're plucking from their mind. Like what's. Oh, my God. What are yeah. you into? Yeah. My, I mean, my one of my daughters actually had asked, like, did something and it was like, don't you know, she saw him like you can see like just a little glimmer in your eye when you get an idea. She knows it goes well. She's really tuned in. And so it's like she'll say something. Else. No, don't put that in the show. First of all, don't put that in the show. But, uh, um, don't put that in the show. Yeah. What? A- not, like, that was not something I ever said to my dad. Um, so <laughs> Like, don't put that in. Don't don't go down to the office and tell that to the secretary. Was don't put this in your Emmy award winning show, Dad. It's so Dad, embarrassing. So <laughs> yeah, that I know that is such a weird. Did you guys ever have the? Uh, did they ever do they deal with, though, like remember when kids used to threaten you with like, my dad's a cop, he'll beat you up or like my dad's a. Fucking, I don't know, was on American. Now it's probably like my dad was on American Ninja Warrior. Like he's got a six pack and he'll fuck your mom and break up their marriage. And you're like, Jesus, that's specific, my, Caleb. I were very much like my dad will do clever wordplay <laughs> as he's calling the authorities. My dad. My dad will punch it up a script and fucking push you out of a job. <laughs> my dad will say something super clever, barely audibly. <laughs> So no one gets mad. <laughs> He'll be real passive aggressive, pay you a compliment and then kind of take it back. Yeah, really hurt my feelings. <laughs> a ho- but that's also like Hollywood. You don't really, your kids, Danny, aren't super Hollywood kids. No, no. And I was like down in the South Bay. So and my kids didn't go to school with like a lot of like showbiz kids, which I was sort of by design. Oh, good uh, move. I remember like when I first moved to LA and I got invited to go to a Dodgers game, which I was like, I'm from Houston. I know yeah. being an Astros fan is not super popular, <laughs> but okay, there's everybody but, cheats. Go on. But I, I go, I ask a friend of mine when I was moving out here, she had a 10 year old son and they gave me four tickets and I was like, Oh, I invite her, her son and her son to invite a friend. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being the nice person. Cause when I was moving, she let me use her car and shit like that. We are at this game. And we had the best seats ever. And even somebody came down with the camera, like, we're going to put you on the, the big jumbotron. I'm like, oh, shit. Fucking Jimmy's right. coming up hard, right? <laughs> and I, I, these two boys are talking. And then one goes, well, remember last night? We were on the jumbotron like five times because we, when we were here with London's dad. And I'm like, who the fuck is London's dad? And they're like, he was in a band. He played, um, he did the national anthem. He uh, was like guns and like rose something. I was like, wait, oh, Slash? No. Did you just call fucking Slash London's dad? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, oh is that- my God. And they're like, yeah, he plays guitar and he played the national anthem. I'm like, what? You were here last night with fucking Slash? And then my jackass is like, 
but I was like, welcome to London's Hollywood. Dad. Oh yeah. There's for sure. There's like, you know, Johnny Depp got that. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You know, um, what, I mean, whatever his kids are. Yeah. The pirate guy yeah. came and did the national anthem. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. The, um, what, what, uh, you both have been in LA for how long? I'm trying to compare our experiences and, and, uh, I've been like six and seven years for me. Really? I've been here since 1988. So, uh, oh um, yeah, so I, I was, came, I, I was I 10. I'm older than all of you, I but I graduated. I'm so old. I graduated. Yeah, I just turned 57. I graduated in 86 and <laughs> lived in New York for a year and then drove across country and, uh, and, uh, the rest is history, but yeah. Drove, so, you know, I love that. I have probably, I don't know, 10 friends that I have heard their across country move stories. That to me is way more gangster than, um, well, look, anybody who moves to LA to try to do what we're doing is yeah. pretty crazy and is still doing it. And is like, you know, started to kind of notch up the belt. Awesome. Because oh, as we all know, once you get in, I think you don't really, I don't know, you develop thicker skin and you uh, start to just become so gung-ho, right, that you're not really thinking about, like, plan B or not or not going full on into it. But, like, I don't know, when I am around people, especially up back home, yeah. that uh, for any little thing that they think is, you know, worthy of making a deal of, which, by the way, wasn't for so long, which is so fucked up that now you get the support when the first, even the first five years of just truly grinding with open mics and trying to make dumb YouTube videos and taking classes. And they're like, you still doing it? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, cause I haven't seen you on a billboard or any Bruce Willis movies. Yeah. It takes time, man. It's a, you don't just go into one CSI Miami audition and fucking become best friends with Spielberg. Oh, well, I'm not saying that, but like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of subway commercials. Yeah, it's like not. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of channels. So, I don't know. Maybe it's your hair. Yeah, I don't think this is. I don't think we should be friends anymore. What? Well, ah, but you got me and my kid. Nah, I, you shouldn't have kids, man. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. See, that's what I'm talking about. You are funny. You know? So it's like, I uh, once you get a little bit of anything for them to go. Yeah, you, you always had it, man. You know, whatever. But for all of us, I'm sure we had you know, those, those things that, uh, that got you like, all right, cool. Okay. I make it, I made the right choice with being out here. Right. Oh, oh. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, it's scary, man. I mean, I had no plan B. I came out young. I didn't want, I've never wanted to do anything other than comedy. So it was oh, like, really? yeah, I feel like I came out here. It also helped that I was like, absolutely. Like I was pretty like miserable in New York. Like I, my girlfriend dumped me, my dad had thrown me. I, I, I really had nothing. And so like I went and I had a, a, a PA opportunity out here to be a production assistant on some show. So I like, got out here in three days and did that. So it was like, yeah, I was just like, I couldn't have saved, but a lot, of, I got lucky. I mean, a lot of shit had to go right. I make it out with a bunch of guys. Not everybody lasted here. You know? Yeah. Um, well, mine was like weird because I like graduated from college. I became, I was a television sports producer for like, Shut up. six years. And then I was a television news producer. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to try comedy. And then I, I moved out to L.A. Wow. I would have thought you were comedy from the get go. That's on, crazy. Like on the side, I would always like I was in Austin, San Antonio, Houston. I would write like for freebie magazines, write like comedy, you know, little 
things. And I, I always wanted to do it. And then I was like, you know, I'm going through a divorce. My dad had passed away. And it was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, I've got like no. 13 years of experience behind me. I can go back to news if, I, if I want I find to. That so. to be, I find that to be harder. Like I've worked with a lot of, so I've worked with, like for me, from the time I was like five years old and I heard like, like the word, like I figured out that, oh, people write funny things and you could be a comedian. And it was like, like, oh, like there was nothing else I ever wanted to do. But I like, I have friends who are great writers who at 32 sitting at a fairly well-paid legal, like law, law firm or in, as a stockbroker or one of those things. And they were just miserable doing it and just said, fuck it. And went home at night and wrote spec scripts. And then like, to me, that is, that's the thing that I admire because I feel like I didn't have much of it. Like I was going through this. So I was either going to make it or just like, you know, be yeah. a really fucking sad story. But, but to actually like leave something you have going yeah because you're not happy and honoring that and seeking it out well mine know. was like a little slightly different because when twitter had come about yeah. and i and that was what helped me like all of a oh, sudden really? i was just I, yeah, yeah. Cause, like i remember like being in the newsroom and they're like okay there's a new thing called twitter everyone has to get on it like the same way with facebook or myspace because yeah. if i mean it's sick but like oh some kid wrapped his car around a tree we can pull a picture off facebook like you just have yeah to oh yeah so i get on Twitter and I don't really know what it is but then I started seeing like comedians I like and they're just writing jokes I'm like sweet I'll do that too so I just started writing jokes and all of a sudden it was like oh I had 10 followers a hundred like a thousand and and then all of a sudden people were like hey my this agent wants to meet you and I signed with like WME I was still like a news producer (laughs) wait a second what were some of the first tweets you did that got a little bit of a got some traction like I Something topical, probably, right? You know what the difference between New York and LA is? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just no, so it much. Like, it was actually like kind of mocking. There was one that I remember, like I, I was mocking Facebook, and it was like, I, like, sorry, you know, horse turned soccer mom. Like, I'm not praying for your kid that has the sniffles or wet farts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was something like that. That yeah, and. And it was something that I remember thinking I thought was funny, but no one else would probably get it. Because yeah. up until that point, I was really writing jokes that I thought I was like writing for other people. I wasn't right. writing what I thought was funny. And the moment I wrote something that I thought was funny, all of a sudden it got like yeah. noticed. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, all these people. I remember Patton Oswalt like retweeting a bunch of shit. Yeah. And I'm like, Holy whoa, shit, I've got. Like, how did I have like, you know, 10,000 followers and 15, all of a sudden it was like a hundred. It was crazy that, so I was able to like get something started by that. You know, it wasn't like I just moved out with no plan or, you know, whatever. I I was writing a a pilot, like I'd sold a pitch to ABC and I had no idea what I was doing, but like, all right. It's a great lesson. My story is weird. (laughs) I like kind of- No, yeah, Every story is weird, though. Like, there's no, I mean, if you were to, I would love to see on a piece of paper the stories that are, the stories that every person who has heard of Hollywood has heard about. And you don't even remember where you heard it, whether it was from a, a friend's dad who who 
did one improv class, but feels like he did Hollywood, you know, and he's just like, you know, Hollywood, you know, the Ashton Kutcher was in his boxes at a, at a coffee bean and some gay guy found him. And you're like, all right, dude, not at all what happened. But there are a handful of those actual stories. I don't know where they are, or what, how much truth is to them, where somebody did, you know, got discovered pretty quick and discovered meaning like, yeah. again, like seeing some agent, right? Or, you know, high profile show, you know, running it yeah. and you see someone and you go, Hey, are you, you got a cool look and they rolled the dice and was like, you want to audition for this? And they got it and went on to be a cool person and a great actor. Right. How many, how many truly are those, right? Like very few, very few but like, yeah. the, it, but it does happen. So just because it does happen, just like the lottery, people are like, and that's what is kind of amazing and shitty and depressing and exciting about LA and our business. Is it like, there's always that like, but hey, man, like Dumb and Dumber Jim Carrey, you're telling me there's a chance, you know, like yeah. it's it's why it's why it is awesome. Yeah, the safe, the safer bet I always tell people is like try becoming excellent, like try totally actually good at the thing. Control I mean, what you can control, right? It's yeah. still a long shot, but at least like if you get because the other story, the, like you were asking who goes on to have that, they get discovered and go do it and then like are great and like thrive. There, so those are very rare, but what's still rare, but slightly more common than that is that person does get that grade and is not ready for it and has no, nothing else to follow it. And that was their high point and, it, and, and you're out. And that Whoa. happened quite a bit. I mean, we yeah. saw that like there was a year where it was like a very disturbing year because I had a couple of pilots going that did not make it because they were giving it to um, they wanted to take a shot on some Vine stars. And so like every network was trying to do like, oh, this guy was on Vine. It's like, and um, I can't remember their names. I, I I don't know why. Oh, I know why, because they never made it on the air. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, and, and, but, you know, and that's not to say somebody who came out of that world couldn't go on and be funny, but yeah, ready for your fucking shot. Like, with me, like I've been writing jokes forever. So when I got my shot randomly, I was like, I was at least it, it, it wasn't like the idea of writing a joke wasn't new to me. I hadn't just like said one funny thing and then got the gig. It was like yeah. I, you know, I wasn't like I'm not saying I was an expert joke writer at that point, like I am now the best in the world. But back yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> but I, I recently watched um, Patrice O'Neill, the uh, documentary they just had. Yeah. About Patrice. Uh, yeah, it was great. And there there was this particular part in it where he's talking about how he pissed so many people off in Hollywood. Like uh -huh. he, like he just didn't want to, you know, like Play the game, right? He, he did not want compromise. He wanted no. to do what he wanted to do. And yeah. He, and he tells the, this story of he, he's like, you know, like you go on a roller coaster and they're ticking, you're going up and everyone's cheering. It's great and everything. And then you, you go down, you're done. And then there's this long line and you're like, I got to get back in line to get back. <laughs> on this roller yeah. coaster and that Whoa. ride wasn't even that fucking good you know he all my money flew out of my pockets when it went down that's so funny <laughs> it was the funniest like actually perfect you know representation of what incredible like. yeah oh yeah you have your moment and then you go down and you're like okay i, I want it again i so think that, was yeah. that that great uh well i'll stand in this fucking line again with all these idiots <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what would you like? Is there a moment for you, um, Adam, that you think like, like that was the moment? Like that was like a break where it's like, okay, now people are like, no, like I am 
employ, I'm not talking just about stand-up, but like, it was there like a, was there a spot you did or was there like a, was there something where it's like, ah, I have that, you know, or do oh, not- let me, let me tag onto that too, was, because it was, I think I know what you're saying. Like, was there also something that you thought was going to be your big break and it wasn't, and then something that turned, you know- randomly. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean- I'll just start at being in uh, USC, uh, moved into my fraternity sophomore year. Max Winkler, now director, Henry Winkler's son, great kid, smart kid, funny kid. Uh, and he had a show with Jonah Hill at the time for MTV, like a pilot, because they're best buds, uh, where it was like something Jonah's house, and it was going to be like a talk show. And uh -huh. they, Max, I was the funny guy in the frat and the only kid in the theater school. I used to get wigs and do like during pledge week for the other kids. I was like, not into the fucking with guys, but I was like, I'll do it in a funny way. I'll treat it as an acting exercise. Such an actor piece of shit. Sorry, right? What, what, what frat? Just so I know. A pie, the Jew frat. I know. The pie. <laughs> oh man. A high as we were called. We made bongs out of shofars, baby. A high. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. All right. Oh, five foot bongs. I mean, it was great. Um, the chosen uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so he, Max is like, we're going to have a we're going to have a, a comedian, um, a comedic correspondent. Oh, shit, Danny. All right. I, keep going. I'm just gonna, I can still hear him. I'm just going to adjust my light. Keep going. Hilarious. <laughs> does, by the way, Take so Hollywood does not even want to be on cam to adjust the light. No, but it also, also it was also falling down. It's like my, my power was going down. Did, did you I just, get it. You just bought the ring light, too. Didn't you? I did. I just bought it. But it like sucked up my power. And I know my thing to charge. Hold on one second. This is would be a great scene in a show or movie where like three people are on. This immediately makes me think of Brad Williams meeting his wife on a threesome app because it's like, oh, that's so funny. imagine in a show or a movie where three people are on a Zoom and one person has, whether it's a light fiasco or a stroke, something to take them out of the equation. And there's two left. But we can't let's like say we couldn't hear you right now, Danny. Yeah, it's Jenny and I are pros and homies, so we'd pick it up and keep going. But what if it was like a thing where it was like maybe a pandemic Zoom dating, speed dating thing? And so all of a sudden it's like and we were both counting on that third person to carry the the weight of the convo. And then you're stuck. Right? That's actually we should write this short film. This is good. I'm, I mean, I didn't want to like I didn't want to get yeah. All right. Uh, if you like blacked out, you kept your you, you meant to mute yourself and then we could hear like a full fight going with like that's what i'm saying at some point you and i get to know each other yeah. and then danny's shit comes back on and we're like should we do something and maybe if we can we go over there and then it's a whole either continuation of the film where it's like still during covid so like wear the mask break into his place figure out what's going on he's been tied up it turns out to be some like whole sex thing and not a burglar <laughs> so we're like if Danny comes back and his nose I am, is I'm getting it. Hold on. <laughs> no, I think it's really. Oh, He's crying and his nose is bleeding. <laughs> Nosebleed is always I, funny. I, I should have come back without a shirt on. Um, I mean, I know you're. This is very anticlimactic. If I'm being all honest. Right, all right. Okay. I cut off this story. So what? So okay. for good reason, man. Um, your light went out at the right at the right time. It was the universe telling us abort story, but I don't even remember what the fuck I was talking. Something about um. Oh, you're, you were talking about Brad Williams and his wife. No, no, before that. And well, that's, yeah, yeah that's. Like, you're asking, oh, I got it. No, you're big. Funny guy in the fraternity. You think this thing is going to happen. Right. right. 
Max has a show, Jonah's House. He goes, I want you to be the comedic correspondent that we blindfold, put into an airplane, drop him off anywhere, and you just have to do man on the street shit, whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's I did a bunch of that shit in high school, and uh, and the first year at SC was like going out with a buddy who had a camera to do shit like that around the campus. Uh-huh. And I just was like, you know, not probably wouldn't be uh, wouldn't wasn't ready for it, quote unquote, but was like excited and confident enough to go like, all right, I'm going to I could do that. Right. And you have to it's just all that delusion that you need for any of this. Right. Of course. And Max uh, and it just truly uh, in my head, I was like, wow, this is how this is how this is going to be my story. This is how it starts. <laughs> yeah. Fucking a pie, the Jew frat. Here we go. Meet the Fonz's son, Jonah Hill, like, you know, soon to be star. Hadn't done shit yet, by the way. Wasn't Jonah Hill at all. Yeah. And he's just my my buddy Jonah. We all kicked it, did a couple hangs. It was like awesome. And then uh, and then just that just didn't happen. I guess the pilot either. I, I think they didn't get it or and I didn't understand at this point yet that what Max was telling me was just kind of like, this is the idea. But it was painted a little bit like we're going to do this. And then I think I created in my head, well, you're the Fonz's son. Of course, this is going to actually no happen. Problem. They can't say no to the Fonz's son. No, you can't. Fonz is going to come in there. He's going to hit a jukebox and you're on the air. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you not know who I am? I know the Fonz's son. Wait, like, now, does he bring his own jukebox, Danny? Or is there one set in there as a prop and he hits it before he leaves? I think he has a jukebox. I think he's, con- like, he's contractually he's obligated to have a jukebox. And then on the way out, he thinks I should check my hair. I should comb it. Looks at it. It's fine. Yeah. And then he doesn't do it. <laughs> Henry Winkler, so just to piggyback on that, Please. didn't realize how this tied together. First TV job I got was 2007. It was a guest star on According to Jim. And in my head, 2007, and they've made it the season premiere. So I'm going up at the improv. I'm going to the host. They're going, hey, any credits? I go, yeah, guest star According to Jim. And they go, cool. I go, yeah, yeah, season premiere. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, the other Belushi, still yeah. crushing it. Yeah. My mom, by the way, butchering it to all the Jews back home in Seattle. My son's on the way Jim th- does things. Like, the no. way Jim does things. My son's on the Jim Belushi show. Also wrong. My son's on the not not John Belushi program. Mom, shut your fucking mouth. Uh, on, it's Jim! Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five exclamation points is better than four. Also not the name of the show. So she, <laughs> my so so uh, I get this I get this uh, job and I just in my head I go again like I was with the Max thing I go here we go <laughs> oh right. according to Jim we're done I'm like fucking wait for it here we go not even <laughs> not even joking so fucking delusional and I'm pulling up to the lot to tape. And I'm like, I should call Henry. He'd been nice enough to. Yeah. I, I he gave me a PA job on Hollywood Squares when he was EPing it. When this is like when Martin Mull, I think, was the center square, and John Ritter RP was on it a bunch, and and um, and he let me PA, and that was great. So then he was like, anytime you need advice on something, call me. And anytime I would, he'd be, you know, Adam Ray, get to the point, you know. And I, because I was always just like, just you know, stammering on. And so I called him. I'm pulling him to the lot. And I'm like, Henry, you're the sitcom guy, the God, like any advice is my tape day. You know, I've done stand up a little bit, but so the live audience isn't 
really scaring me, thank God, thanks to 20 reps. But still, like, this is my first thing. And in my head, I'm like, if you fuck this up, if you fuck up the how Jim does things show, you're <laughs> never going to get a second shot. No. So, and I'm doing a bunch of YouTube videos at the time. And I used to want to be a Muppeteer. I love the Muppets. Jim Henson is a fucking, oh, you know, top yeah. tier guy for me. Same. So, so I had, yeah, I mean, legend. And yeah. I have these puppets in my back and my fucking broken down Ford Escape with bungee cords holding on the bumper. I'm pulling into the CBS Radford lot. I got weird puppets in the back. I have a fat suit that I use for some YouTube sketch. The security guard's going through it. I'm leaving a message for Henry. I look in the rear view mirror. She's, I look up. She's holding up the fat suit and the puppets. And she goes, let me guess, you single? And I was like, uh, yeah, I am. What does that have to do with I'm very nervous. Can you put those down? Am I? Do, are there guns? She's like, no, but there's some weird ass shit back here. And I was like, all right, thank you. I go through. I, I check into the green room. I'm getting in there, getting all set. I get a voicemail from Henry. He goes, Adam Ray, Henry Winkler. He goes, congrats on the gig. This is fantastic news. Treat Mr. Belushi like an emperor. You're not there to fill space. They picked Adam Ray because they love Adam Ray. They, le they need Adam Ray. They want Adam Ray. If you think of something funny, say it. You're not there to fill space. If you think of something funny, say it. All the best. Oh so God. cut cut to the show. Wish I'd saved the voicemail. Cut to the show. <laughs> taping it. It's going great. I was the like water guy that that Jim was having some issues with Courtney Thorne Smith. So he forged some some sexy letters from the water boy to her to make her feel better about herself. Classic, you know, just yeah. and uh, I come in with two giant Aquafina bottles. Dropped him on the first take, exploded everywhere, water all over the fucking set. Oh no! Director, director's looking at me like, we should have picked another guy, and I'm like, yeah, probably. And uh, and so they clean it up. Belushi's like, don't worry about it. Gives me a smoke break. I'm like, hell yeah, man. And he's like, all right, we're not friends. I'm like, yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> so then they clean it up. Everything goes great. First scene I do, get some laughs. Jim looks at me, goes. Nailed it. I'm like, awesome. Felt good. Got some laughs. Just like any, right, Jen? Like any yeah. new stage, whatever. You get a few right. laughs, you're in. Okay, yeah. So then uh, cut to the last scene, and and there's a bunch of writers and EPs, as you know, around, like, the same everything's trying to, like, rewrite the, a couple of jokes here and there. And I hear Henry in my head as I'm sitting there on the sidelines, and he's like, if you think of th something funny, say it. So I'm just like, fucking, here's my Rudy moment. So I just go, and what about this? And all of them just turn and go, what? Oh, my God. And in my head, I go, oh. and I hear Henry bubble in my head and just go, swing and a miss. <laughs> and then later, I call Henry. He goes, how did the gig go? And I go, great, man, except for the very end, classic comic fashion. I push to the side any sort of victory from the experience. And I'm like, yeah. that last scene was fucking, I don't think I'm ever going to work again. I pitched a joke. Belushi fucking blew a cigar smoke in my face during the taping. And I'm like, everything's fucked up. And I go, I pitched a joke, like you said, and they didn't like it. And Henry goes, well, it has to be funny. <laughs> Come <just> on. <laughs> I but I bet you and Jim laugh about it all the time when y'all uh, oh, have dude. dinner and text. And We're LinkedIn friends. <laughs> We're Tinder friends. <laughs> he bought me that painting. I gave I'm it to my sure. stepdad. He, he made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me this. The idea of having like a guest star when I'm when we're trying to fix a scene, come in and offer a joke at that moment. Like I'll take jokes from anywhere, but like in those moments, it better be like the world's greatest joke. A thousand percent. For you. Yeah. 
because I was like, oh boy, is Henry setting you up for failure? Like I was just waiting. Like this was the bomb under the table that the audience knows about, <laughs> but the actors don't. When you when you drop that voicemail, I've been like, oh, how is this gonna blow up? <laughs> Oh it's yeah, like and it, Henry Winkler fucked you over. That's just the, that's the name of your bio right there. Oh my god, yeah, hey fuck, yeah, hey, uh, yeah. That I mean, but but again, like, and the whole point of that story just that was a true. Here we go, and uh, and then I'd say the the actual thing that gave me like a uh, validated, you know, um, graduate 05, validated. This is eight. Eight years, by the way, so that was 2007, according to Jim, two years after I graduated. Didn't book anything of significance. Maybe a couple things here and there. A couple of Washington Mutual voiceover commercials. Maybe a Verizon Industrial where I'm like the guy being like, here's, hey, don't touch a woman's tit unless she asks you. You're like, so I was some sort of sexual harassment video. Good and then tip, I, by the way, it's a good tip for our viewers. Our it's awesome. I, I watched it when I... <laughs> hired it abc news it was regional but they used it in all the stores yeah so then i uh, got the heat uh with our buddy mike mcdonald and yeah. that was probably uh when i just was like all right if i don't do anything else i got to be in a big comedy movie with some superstars yeah. experience Sandra was, bullock grinding all over you i mean i like i mean how lucky are you awesome right. and I mean, young fat Adam was like, it did get better. And uh, <laughs> it was her and Melissa couldn't have been cooler. We're still homies. Met Mike McDonald on the first day. I love him like a brother. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mike Rappaport first day. Been very uh, uh, great uh, since then. But the experience was so awesome. Did stand up in Boston while I was there. Sandra came to a show one night. Was in the Boston Globe the next day. And just the... Paul Feig still a homie. Like all of it was, uh, was just you felt you be like that. You belonged in that moment. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, I, and to to and go you back definitely to do you, because you keep getting invited back to like you're in the circle. You're in the yeah. Fucking, you're in the click, man. I mean, uh, in the clit or the like the, the click. <laughs> yes, you're in the clit. But I, also the clip too, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to. By the way, this episode is going to be called In the Clip. Danny Bye. just said that doing? as if he was like, I got some insider information from my kids. It's now, you now say you're in the clit if you're no, in the no, clit. No, They'll finally think I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so the whole thing was so dope that I was like, man, if I don't do anything else, I'm truly going to chalk this up and live it up and, uh, and and Mike and I went to like a Red Sox game, and then we'd go get you know dinner and drunk if we had a couple off days. And and but you're right on the the thing you said where it was like everything you do prior to that sets you up for that. And I wasn't like I uh, probably would have been for other things like that Mac show wouldn't have been ready at all. It would have been a disaster. I would have uh, I I just was much more centered into who I was. I'd been through a lot more of just the grinding, and I was just ready for it. Still very nervous. First day was a scene where I'm holding guns at Melissa and Sandra's head, and Paul says, you can improvise. So, I mean, I'm like, all right. like So I'm thinking of like eight alts in my head, and I'm just like, pick one of those, man, and just fucking go for it. Or maybe don't. I think I didn't on the first one, and then just did from there on out. And they both, after that first take, when, when I did an improv and it stayed in, and then they uh, they both after the take looked at me and Sandra went, 
that was funny. And Melissa was like, fucking, all right, all right, this will be good. This will oh. be good. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I, I'm not going to get fired, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but so then that was, uh, and then again, it's, and then you learn from that after that, like, and Bobby Lee, uh, you know, uh, who took me on the road for a little bit would tell me very candidly, like, you're not going to fucking blow up from this. He's like, you're going to come back to the comedy store. You're going to get right back to your 1245 spots. You're and it's right back to it, man. He's like, go have a fun, fun time, live it up, get better from all the stuff that you should do. But, um, but it's not like, and that was nice, a little abrasive, but also like good advice. Reality shot for sure. Totally. And I, and I'm glad he actually said it because I did, you know, you can't help but just Sanders like, I want to come to your comedy show tonight because I was trying to be active out there in Boston. And I had a few friends that I was like, oh, cool. I bet I can use this movie thing to get some spots and like go up. And and so, yeah, I'm on cloud nine and and just a very good lesson in everything of just um, man, like, again, chalk it up for that. Get what you get out of it. And then on to the next thing, man. And, well, yeah. and now you don't have to use the according to Jim intro when you. Do I still do. I still do. Actually, <laughs> it's, it's actually all I use. Well, I mean, if, you, if you've been on a class <laughs> like according to Jim, I mean, you're going to leave with it. I don't care how long it is. I mean, you think what did 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 Orson Welles stop mentioning Citizen Kane later? No, <laughs> no. He, he, like you're not. This is like this is your Citizen Kane. You know him uh, from according to Jim. That's how I should have introduced. So, so we're at the end of the show, and this is where we actually <laughs> talk about the things we've been watching. And I want to know, Adam, oh, great. what are you watching now? Like, what are the things you like, anything you want to recommend or, or that you've been obsessed with or that you've like passed the time with? Or... Um, got into Dr. Pimple Popper. Wish I hadn't of. Oh, um, I did one yeah. of those. Yeah, that's that's rough. I'm just like, how do, how do you go through a majority of your life getting to like 38, 42, and where you're like, it's time to remove the foot from my neck. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> probably would have been good to try to check in on that at like six, but I get it. Like that's an expensive surgery. I'm waiting for somebody to have like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like there's uh, like <laughs> a conjoined twin. Thanks, Jen. I, your fucked up mind went right there. And I did. All I had to do was do the eyes. Yes. So and then the camera just and then and even the producer of Dr. Pimple Popper is just like, this is great. This is great. No, this is great. Conjoined twin. This is great. We can use this. So what we'll do is we'll start. We'll start on the dock. We'll pan down to the head. We'll actually we'll start on you. You say, I want this removed. We'll pan down to the head and your brother will go, hey, come on. Or whatever, whatever you say. And then you say, can you pop this guy? Have fun but, with it. Have fun. Um, I think you want to get like a no. I think we, we brought here's a Saturday Night sketch. We could just get it on right now. It's like have fun with it. Takes off Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. What is that guy? Watu from Watu from, um, Watu from uh, um, Total Recall. Wasn't that the? Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, um, I'm watching. So that a little bit of that. Um, in all seriousness, I just watched that. Um, uh, well, look, I did. I did Tiger King like everybody. If we want to go oh, all yeah. the way back, if you want to go all the way back, I did it. You know, enjoyed it for the um, the uh, observational purposes. Yeah. Didn't enjoy the way, uh, you know, you get to see some creatures treated. That's pretty crazy. But, that. but also, like, you know, surprised? No. Like, as soon as he cut the Joe Exotic and he was like, you know, a shirt can be pants if you want it to be, or whatever he fucking said. 
you're like, oh yeah, this guy's going to the beat of his own drum. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I loved, I loved the morning show, and I know I some know. people didn't. I, I just, lo- I just, I don't know, man. I yeah, you love it from the probably even more yeah. so from the news world, right? Right. Oh, I, I watched it with different eyes. And I totally. Always, you know, but I thought it was great. I thought it was really. Um, good. Me too. I, my fiance and I just watched. Um, uh, 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 what's the Catherine Heigl fire, uh, fire, firefly, firefly, oh. something firefly. Lane yep. Fire, yeah. Sarah yeah. Chalk and Catherine Heigl. It's pretty good. Acting was good. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm not a big, you know, I'm a big sports guy, so there's a lot of that going on, but, uh, you know, my Seattle supersonics were taken away from Seattle, moved to Oklahoma in 2009. So my basketball fandom, which is, is my favorite sport, has has been taken down a peg. But um, sports still do it for me. I watched with my mom the other night some American Idol auditions, which was fun. Um, still love me some good Idol auditions. Not the same. They're definitely trying to make Katy Perry the Simon, and it's not happening. Well, I find it. I, I yeah, I find it painful. It is painful. Lionel Richie, dude. Right. I mean. I, I mean, look, I get why he's on there because he's what else is he going to be doing? Like Jack in the Box commercials. <laughs> Actually, now that I say that exactly what he should be doing. Um, but uh, <laughs> and then um, I love Curb. I go back and that's my go to fall asleep show. Um, you know, the M family is a fucking legendary program. So definitely watch that. And uh, yeah. I've got in all seriousness. Office, Modern Family, Curb, Weeds, Family Guy are like my. I just, I'm tired of scrolling. Yeah, yeah. What what, what was the second one there? I just want to start. (laughs) It was Weeds. Modern Family. Family Guy. You know what you did. Um, Jenny, how about you? Um, The Patrice O'Neill doc. I definitely want to watch that. Yeah, that came on on Friday. That was really good. And really, like, I, I, very honest too. Like they didn't try to, you know, flower everything up in death as so many people do. Like it was a very honest documentary. And then I watched that fucking Woody Allen one last night. Yeah. Have y'all seen what? that? The, no, the HBO, the Al, uh, Allen yeah. versus Pharaoh, no, whatever. It's a four part series that's on HBO. The first part was on last night. Highly recommended. It. It's super creepy, but very that. good. I tried Bridgerton. Yeah. Can I be honest? No I, thanks. No, I I was like, is it? Does it get better? Is that what you know what they say? To oh, the I just <laughs> like what, no. It's horrible. what is the consensus on time period shows? I mean, period piece. I'm not a period. Anytime somebody goes, it's a period piece. Mm. I just can't. Like, I don't know. I don't like. I even tried the um, not Abbey Road. Ab Abbey, Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Not bad. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, even. Actually, <laughs> Handsmaid's Tale, we got into, and that was fucked up and yeah. awful, but addicting. Yeah. But but that was still very like timely, and and yeah. that's I think why it was so right. But yeah. but even there's an Army Hammer pre cannibalism movie that I watched <laughs> that was like that was just two people drinking tea and the way they're talking. I'm just like I. It's not that I. Well, I guess it is. You can't relate, but also I don't fucking care about that time. Like right. it just seemed so boring. <laughs> To me, it all depends on the thing. Like it depends. Yeah, it's actually contingent on like the period. Like I don't like a lot of period, but there was like that movie that I really liked, The Favorite, 
um, that was like that was like funny yeah. because it was contemporary. It like had a contemporary theme. So I don't know. I um, I'm very cultured. I mean, that's the thing. Well, like I liked. Uh, I remember when you told me first, Danny, to watch Queen's Gambit, and you actually said it was kind of a period piece, and I'm like. Mm. Yeah. But it wasn't like really. A it wasn't. But it was, it was it's of a time in the '60s and so. Yeah, that's not a period. <laughs> now it most, was really good. I loved it. I fucking plowed through that one. So now, if you're gonna pitch Queen's Gambit, is it? What I've heard is that is it's chess is the backdrop. Yeah, right, I mean, which it, every part of me would go. No, I don't want to watch a fucking. Black chick takes drugs, plays chess well. That's what I would say. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But she, um. Uh, but it's performance it's enhancing that. chest drugs. Okay, before I go, I'll just tell you something I was watching. Yeah, I yeah. Re-watching. please. Um, I, it's just an old, I got back into it. I don't know if you're familiar with the it's a British sitcom that was on, and I just start. I, I watched it a while ago, and I just started. It's only six episodes, but it's Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and it's on uh, YouTube. Okay, I recommend this so fucking so Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Garth Marenghi, so it basically is this. There's a science fiction or horror writer played by this guy, Garth Marenghi, who did a show in the early 90s, allegedly, that was too revolutionary to put on television that he's airing and they are talking about it. It's with this guy, um, um, Richard Iowati's in it. Um, Matt Berry is in it. And, they, and it is the most horribly acted show and they're jump cuts and then they cut out to interviews and it's just like, it is three levels of meta with the silliest fucking, it's just, I I, 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 I remember watching it and loving it. And now it's just like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, six episodes. I, Cause I always hear like when people talk about like real comedy nerds talk about like influential shows, that's one of them. And it's, it's worth seeing. What right. network or? Find it on YouTube. It's all on YouTube. YouTube. Cool. Wait, real um, quick. I got to know before we wrap up. Uh-huh. YouTube rabbit hole. What's that been like? I want to say, you know, I want to, I want to know the one that is your, like your go-to and one that you found yourself <laughs> down that you were like, there's no way I ever thought I'd be here. And here we are. Oh, there's so many. For me, I've been going to, there's these guys, Frankenstein's lab and they did the reaction videos. Oh yeah. And to I what? could go down to clips, stand up clips. Oh, Frankenstein's lab. Put that. It is so. And they're oh, they're, yeah. they're they're guys in Houston too. They're, and they're just super chill. They're always high, and they just that. sit. Oh, they're so. I feel like I'll go to that if I can't sleep, and I'm just like they're like my friends now. I'm like, let's see. That's oh, good. They just watch a Bill Burr clip. I'm gonna watch this. Shit fucking <laughs> brilliant. That's all I want to do. Is oh, man, yeah, dude. Like, I, I link that so I can remember that. I yeah, it's that. really, really funny. The guys are just so, and they don't do that thing where they pause a lot. Sometimes those reaction videos, yeah. you start watching something and someone yeah. will, get, they just let it commentary. play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just let it go. And it's really funny just to watch them enjoying comedy. And that's something that, like, as a stand up, I love watching people. I love that too, man. Yeah. I, I'm definitely going to check, I'm going to check that tonight. Yeah. Maybe I'll send them my according to Jim scenes and they can do. <laughs> I wonder if that'll be <laughs> like, I, if the reaction. <laughs> So intense. Yeah. It, yeah, it could be. Adam, it's been a delight to meet you. You as well, Dan. Um, uh, very funny. Uh, anything you want to plug real quick while we're uh, coming up? Um, I've got a uh, an album that dropped uh, a month ago called I'll Take It From Here. It's all crowd work. Um, I did 14 shows in Vegas at the Laugh Factory, the Tropicana, and uh, oh, took a, a lot that's of... a fun week to stay there. <laughs> it's, fun, it's fun, and it's uh, bullet in the mouth uh, 
but it but but oh, the yeah. shows are awesome because oh, yeah. it's like the comedy store you're getting all walks of life all types of people and uh i mean i had I, I really took, went through all the shows and found stuff, spent hours editing it to where it sounds like one full show. And uh, and even, I mean, there's callbacks to a guy, an Uber driver who came with three young girls that invited him to the show. That gets called back two or three times. There's a couple that had an arranged marriage, a couple that fell asleep, uh, a, a sleeveless leather vest cowboy bull rider uh, from Texas. Then you got a white rapper in the front row named Carl. I mean, there's just all this shit uh, then drunk people yelling stuff out, and uh, so it's wherever you get albums, I'll take it from here. And then um, oh, Young Rock that. is uh, on NBC uh, right now, and I'm I'm playing Vince McMahon, and we'll pop up in the next few episodes. And then uh, wow, and then Comedy dot com for tour dates. I'm in Texas three times in March, and then San Diego, West Palm Beach, and um, uh, Kansas City, and a few other spots. And the podcast about last night, uh, which is out on iTunes, Sans Brad. Either you're checking out Adam Ray's stuff, or you're a fucking idiot, and I think yeah. we all agree about that. I mean, I, I just, 100%. You would just you, you'd be a monster. Thank you for joining us. This Thank was you, an, Adam. This was so honored, fun. Jenny. I love you, Danny. Great to have you as a, a new friend in the Rolodex, man. That you so, this was so fun. I enjoyed it too. Fun. I'm sorry yeah. about the light. Um, yeah. yeah, dude. Fuck <laughs> it. We'll edit that out, dude. We'll edit you out, actually. We'll see you next week on. Game all right. Game. Uh,